What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, where we are forging genuine human connection through fitness, health, mindset, and nutrition. Let's get to the show with your hosts, Jared Bradford, Connor Edelbrock, and Corey Mueller. <clears throat> get your <clears throat> podcast voices ready. <clears throat> Some high spot. <laughs> <laughs> All right. The nature of impending fatherhood is that you are doing something that you are unqualified to do, and then you become qualified while doing it. And that's a quote about fatherhood. Welcome to the Weekly Warrior Podcast, everyone. Today I'm joined by two of my closest friends. I got Dallas Kempton here, who is on episode 14, way back in the day of the Weekly Warrior. And Chris Picano, who's making his debut appearance on the Weekly Warrior podcast. Dallas, how you doing, bud? No, I'm good. How are you? Man, I'm excited. Did a three-mile, we were just talking about being at the, the gym today. We went and did a hike, and I had to do a ruck, so I had 35 pounds in a backpack, which doesn't seem like much, but when you're not used to doing that, it was not super fun. <laughs> <laughs> but it got done anyway. I'll trade you that for 600-pound deadlifts. I can't even do a 600-pound deadlift, so I sure, I'll trade you because I'll just struggle against the bar. (laughs) Chris, how you doing, sir? Welcome. Uh, Thank you, thank you. Long-time listener, first-time guest. Uh, Yeah. Doing good. You know, it's a good thing this podcast is coming up right in time when my eight-month-old has COVID, and it's been a big learning experience, but you know what? We're doing everything we can do over here and hanging in tight. We're going to have a raw explanation of fatherhood with Chris today because Dominic has been sick. So, hey, my daughter just got over COVID too. So, I, oh. I feel that. Oh, boy. It's not been fun. Today, we are going to be talking about fatherhood. And both of these gentlemen are lucky enough to be new fathers. And I think that is a perspective that isn't very often given we get a lot about motherhood and we get a lot i think i feel like we get a lot about fatherhood later in life you know when your kids grow up or as you grow up you start to sort of reflect on some of the lessons that your own father taught you so that's what we're going to be talking about today and i have two gentlemen who like the quote said they might not be qualified but they're getting qualified every day (laughs) so let's start off by doing some introductions uh, Dallas, you go first. You were on the podcast, but introduce yourself again for everybody. Um, hi, Dallas Kempton, uh, 32 years old and father of a beautiful one-year-old girl Yeah, absolutely. named Frankie. And Dallas and I met when I moved to Colorado. We uh, were working at a super fun place together, and Dallas was my supervisor for a few years, and we played rugby together and developed quite a, a bond through a lot of bullshit out there. and um dallas is now relocated to michigan with his beautiful wife vanessa and his wonderful daughter franketh 
as I like to call her. And yeah, so life is good. Chris, what's going on, buddy? Tell me about yourself. Tell tell the listeners. You don't so have to tell I'm, me. I know too much about you. <laughs> I, I know. That's a little too much. It's a little personal, right? Now, I'm Chris Picano. Uh, I've known Corey for quite a bit now, actually. We actually went to high school together. Um, I've, Dominic is my son. He was born on May 5th, Cinco de Mayo, Ayo, tacos. But he is eight months old uh, and just been cruising along trying to figure this thing out like the whole quote of this stuff is yeah yeah absolutely so dallas tell me a little bit about frankie what's uh like she so you said she's one what are some quirks about her what i mean tell me a little bit about her oh man she just turned one she was born january 2nd um 2021 at 2 30 in the morning uh man she is hell on wheels <laughs> um, would think it looking at me uh, i got black hair and my beard's a little red but she's a little ginger um, she's a little spitfire redhead man uh quirks about her is she does not stop no she uh she is goofy she is determined she is stubborn she's everything that her mother and i wanted her to be um <laughs> But, oh, God, when she gets something in her mind, man, she does not stop till she gets there, which that's a great quality, but holy crap, is it yeah. tiring. It's funny because when she was first born, she looked, because I saw her uh, like two weeks after she was born, and you, at the time, you two looked very, very similar. But at this point in her life, you there's almost zero similarities currently, which is interesting because my brother's kids, when they were both born, they both look like me, but now that they're finally getting older, they don't look like me anymore, which is good because <laughs> there was some question there for a little while. <laughs> no, but, she's got got my dark eyes. That's she definitely yeah. has eyes, but everything else, you know, thank God she's she's her mama's daughter. <laughs> and, you know, I think uh, she's got my eyes and she's definitely got my strength and, and my height. She is tall for a one year old. We're already into you know, two-year-old clothing, and she just turned one. Yep. She's going to be kicking ass and taking names. God, I hope so. I want boys to be afraid of her. Yeah. <laughs> then Chris. you don't got to worry about it. So no. the, other, <laughs> the other side of this equation is the, we got the girl dad and we got the boy dad. Chris, tell me about your son. How old is he? Some quirks about him. So he's eight months old. Um, honestly, we're kind of starting to get into that stage that um, Dallas just talked about. His name's Dominic, and he is just starting to figure out crawling. He loves walking with help. I mean, he's just, he's all over the place. But you could tell he was mine as soon as he came out of the womb. There oh, my God. no yeah. telling any different. I mean, look at all the baby pictures. I smiled at the nurse, and I said, at least she was faithful. And went out with that. <laughs> but... Honestly, he's he's really active. He loves his crawling and walking. He loves the food bowls for the dogs. We always have to put those up. And <laughs> he's, I mean, the whole COVID experience has been interesting because it hasn't been him. You could tell he's usually a smiley baby, super happy baby, and just loves everybody. Shoot, we went to a restaurant once. He went to the hostess because he just wanted to be held by somebody. <laughs> so he's really friendly with people. He just loves it. And I'm kind of hoping he doesn't lose that about him because it's kind of yeah. nice sometimes where you can just, here you go, take him for the day and you can leave and go do your own thing. And you don't got to worry about what he's up to. The biggest thing that I'll say with, you know, meeting both of your kids and, and spending time around them is both of them are really happy. 
Like, I've never seen Frankie with a, you know, mean look on her face for more than a few minutes at a time. And Dominic is the same way, always smiling. They're both really easy to kind of like, you know, Gucci, Gucci, goo, and they laugh and smile and <laughs> whatever. I, I get the benefit of, uh, you know, not having to change diapers and experience the tantrums and whatever, but I think that says a lot about you guys uh, as, as my friends and your wives, you know, respectively. Your children are both very happy, which is always fun to see. So we're going to get into some questions here. You boys ready? Fire away. So we're going we're gonna to do some questions, and most of them are going to be for both of you, and I'll just say, you know, we're going to ask it, and then one of you will answer, and then the other, you, other will answer the same question. So, Chris, we'll start off with you. How prepared did you feel when you found out that Maddie was pregnant or along the process? Well, to be honest with you, when she walked out and told us she was pregnant, my face went white. Uh, we've been planning for it. We knew we wanted one, and we wanted at least – she wanted six. I only wanted like two or three, but oh, God. that's a different story. <laughs> but – Honestly, when she kind of told us and everything, we first started talking about, you know, what it's like to have a kid. Being a teacher, I just kind of helped out a little bit with that, you know, working with kids day in and day out, kind of figuring out what you want him to be like, what kind of home you want him to bring him up in. So it kind of gave me a good foundation of how we wanted to raise Dominic. So to me, my values for what I want to do instill in him and how to raise him was pretty much set in stone for you know a good amount of time when I first found out. When he was born, I can tell you now, a lot of that got flung out the window. I mean, <laughs> you, you do what you can. You say what you're going to do, but they're babies. Right. They have no idea what's going on. They want right. to eat, sleep, and poop. Like That's really about it. So after probably the first couple months and you know trying to help out, I, we kind of figured out a routine, and the routine was the big thing. Once you kind of got that routine going... You felt a little more at home and you kind of got used to having a child around waking up at 3 a.m. And the dogs are starting to get used to it. So mm-hmm. I'd say from when we first began till now, I feel a little more confident about having a second one. But I still can tell you there's still a lot more learning to go. And this whole sick couple weeks of him is yeah. really testing my relationship with my wife and <laughs> has really, really made me kind of not as stubborn and under more understanding of how he is feeling and what sure. he's going through, you know? Yeah. So you, to, to summarize, you didn't feel all that prepared when it happened, but when, when, uh, when he was born, none of that matters anyway. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And Got it's, it. it is what it is. All right, Dallas, same question for you. How prepared did you feel when you, when you kind of found out? Um, I think I'm on the flip end of the spectrum with that. I, I actually felt, pretty well prepared to deal with it. Um, I'm the oldest of five. My youngest brother's exactly almost 10 years younger to the date. Um, So I grew up around kids and then just happened to work in a field where, Hey, I got to raise other people's kids that couldn't take care of them. And they were very Uh, difficult kids to top it all. Yeah. (laughs) And I think I kind of got the other end of the spectrum. Um, You know, my wife, she also works with kids as well from difficult backgrounds. And I think that, uh, you know, I can relate to what Chris is saying. You have all these ideas, what you want to teach your kid and what you want to instill in them. And, you know, it's fun to think about. But the moment they're born, it's just right out the window. And you look at them and you go, holy crap. Yeah. But 
you know, I, I felt like we were, we were ready to take that on, um, you know, kind of the other, again, the other end of the spectrum with that, just my life experiences, I took to it kind of like a fish to water and yeah, you know, it wasn't super hard, um, you know, in total, but definitely I, I will say the first couple months tested, tested every aspect of our, our relationship, our marriage, uh, having a kid. And once we got that routine down, that, you know, that becomes life. Your routine definitely dictates what happens. And, you know, I'm a morning person. Vanessa's a night person. So it works out. Uh, she would, she would get up until three o'clock in the morning with the kid. And then, you know, from three to seven, when I had to go to work, that was my time. And we were at least able to get four hours of sleep. Right. And God, the game changers, once they start, you know, bottle feeding the formula, like, holy crap. Once we got her to sleep through the whole night, everyone's like, wait a minute. She's three months and she sleeps through the whole night. Yeah. yeah. Do you co-sleep? Absolutely not. <laughs> no, he's got a crib, doesn't co-sleep. That was yeah. a huge thing. Um, but, you know, for me, it's you learn something every day. It's crazy because you have to adapt and grow and change as the kid grows and changes. Yeah. You know, definitely that um, year and where we're at now, you know, you're not prepared at times. And you're like, okay, we're here now. Like yeah. yesterday. He's picking up my bubbly, sparkling waters with caffeine. And I was like, what are you doing? And she just looks at me, <laughs> smashes it on the floor to where it explodes <laughs> and goes, uh-oh. Yeah, uh-oh so, is right. You know, I'm, we call her a tiny terrorist now because she's not terrorizing anyone else. She just terrorizes our time. Right. Um, <laughs> it doesn't stop. And you, you got to grow and move and figure it out. So – Quick follow-up question, and I want some, like, rapid-fire answers. So, Dallas, do you feel like your, I mean, at that point, extensive work and experience with kids has helped more than you would have expected? Because the kids that we would that we were working with and that you, I mean, still do work with are on, like, a really extreme end of the spectrum most of the time. Um, so did, does that come into play more than you thought? Oh, it, my patience is, I couldn't imagine not having worked with the kids that we have and then having a kid because I have a level of patience that just, you know, it makes it easy. I sit there and look at her, whatever she does and go, all right, well, it's better than getting shit thrown at me. um, Oh yeah. So I can live with that. Chris, what about you? I know you've been, I mean, since you got out of college, you've been a teacher, you've been working with kids as well obviously a little bit different than sort of the environment we have worked yeah. with them in, but same idea. Um, do you think it's helped you raise Dominic so far? Oh, tremendously. I mean, I don't really deal with, like you said, the troubled youth that you guys did. I think the closest experience I had was inner city work, but mm-hmm. it has, it makes you almost look at the kids, especially kindergarten is the closest age that I teach a Dominic. It makes you look at them and then you see how they act and then you meet their parents and it makes complete sense of the reason why they're acting the way they're acting. And you're like, I don't want Dominic to be like that. Yeah. So completely just go opposite of the way a lot of these parents nowadays, especially you see it in the kids, they act as friends. The kids aren't, don't feel like they're disciplined at home. They go home and do what they want. And 
Got I don't want Dominic to feel that way, you know? I want him to feel that he's comfortable at home, but still have, like, right. that respect for authority, especially. Yeah, I feel like, and I, obviously I don't have kids yet, but I feel like there's a big difference in the way that we dealt with some of the kids we had to work with. It was sort of a firm hand, and when you have your own kids, you kind of have to be a little bit different. There's the mm-hmm. firm but fair type of thing. Um, I've, I've always been interested to see how that's going to play out because with these with these kids that you have to work with in institutional settings, um, they're not your children, but you still have mm-hmm. to teach them the, the same lessons. Um, but you can't be quite as, I don't want to say forgiving. You got, I think you guys probably get what I'm trying to say here. Yeah. No, um, there's, that's there's that's been like a conflict that I've had when I think about, well, when I have my own kid. No, there's definitely a balance. And I mean, you look at your kid and you, you see you, you see your wife or your partner and I mean, there's, there's a balance and you know, again, I'm going to go back to patience. Like I, I have less patience with other people's kids and I look at my kid. Okay. Like, all right, we got to do something now and we got to change something. And the crazy part is, is you look at it and you don't think, what do I got to change in the kid? I go, okay, what do I have to change to uh, make this a little bit different? You know, other like people's kids. Yeah. Other people's kids are looking at them like, okay, you know, maybe they didn't have a good home. They haven't had a good home. They don't have good experiences. You know, what do we got to help them change and understand about themselves? But, you know, look at Frankie and Frankie's, you know, a year old. And I'm like, okay, she's doing this. What do I got to change to make sure that we, mitigate or lessen this from happening like okay i'm gonna take my bubbly waters and i'm gonna put them through a different door so you can't get to them well i'm yeah. gonna put a baby gate by the stairs so you can't get up the stairs um you know it's really yelling at her for doing that 10 you know no. 20 times isn't gonna matter <laughs> oh no, she doesn't get it yeah cool yeah okay so both of you now go back like whatever you got to do close your eyes visualize whatever go back to the moment that you found out that you were pregnant and what <laughs> thoughts did you immediately have dallas we'll start with you holy fuck i'm gonna be a dad <laughs> I, I i'm not a huge crier or emotional guy and i just got happy and tears of joy i think vanessa took a video of you reading the she did. pregnancy test and i've seen that video and she the did. shock on your face was priceless just are you serious are you serious and i just excited like you know it was a moment of shock but just excited and i was like oh my god okay yeah this is happening now yeah chris what about you i shock and awe was all i can say i we were with a group of friends so it made it even more like Half of them were all yay and so excited, and then the guys were both looking at me like, "Your life is done, your father. Like, you have no more free time to do anything." And so, and like, I looking back at it, and I know I had a conversation with Maddie. Like, I was just so taken back. Like I said, we were trying, so it wasn't like it wasn't going to happen, but mm-hmm. it threw me for a loop because we were with a group of friends. Usually, it's sure. something that was private, but yeah, she wanted to drink. So she wanted to, she Uh, had to go take a little test to make sure she was good and she couldn't hold it in. So I talked to her later that night and just sat with her. I was like, I am excited, but you caught me so off guard. Yeah. I was just, 
And it was just a big... I mean, that exactly like Dallas said, like, oh, shit, it's really happening. <laughs> it's been... I, I still can remember just how I felt and how my face looked and everything. Cause I looked over at the sliding glass door and just saw how pale I looked. Like, <laughs> no way, this this can't be real. This is a, you can't tell me this right now. It's was life changing. It, was it, it a little bit of like when you when you first found out? Was it a little bit of fear, like panic, or was it just? Oh shit! Uh, and then it was kind of like, okay, here, like here we it go. It was, it was more like, oh shit! And then like, here we go. Like knowing the people we had around us, and like Dallas and Ivel talked about like backgrounds with children, we kind of have this like almost like a security blanket underneath me. It felt like to where you know what you got this. He's not gonna understand. To him, it's gonna be your best is all he'll ever know. You know. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of how we chugged forward with it, but it that's was a, the, that's a really good way to put it. Your best will be all he'll ever know. That's I like it. I like that a lot. So it was it, the shock and all was there probably for a day, and then after we kind of told everybody, it was just gearing up for hopefully what we thought parenthood was going to be like. Sure, Dallas. What about you? Did you feel any of that like panic or fear? I no, I didn't have panic or fear. I. I had panic or fear with some different things. Um, you know, it's giving birth not easy. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's, that's very stressful. Um, you know, I think my fear set in, you know, we had a scare while she was pregnant. Um, and like, I got fearful then, like, what if something happened to her? What if something happened to the baby? Sure. You know, we had a scary moment in the hospital after she gave birth. And I think my fear is more, what am I going to do if something happened to her? Like Some of that's know, a little bit out of your control. Yeah, like if something happened to her and I'm all of a sudden a single dad or, you know, something happened to our baby, like what would that like? My fear was more around those things, um, not about being a parent. Um, gotcha. But you know, I still think about that. Like the fear is more like if some, she got in a car accident tomorrow, God forbid. Yeah. What the fuck am I going to do? Sure. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I can definitely understand that. So you knew you were having a baby. You guys had sort of processed your feelings a little bit. And then as the, as the next few weeks unfolded, um, did what did you decide that you wanted to to do or to learn or kind of like change about yourself to to start to prepare yourself to be a father? Um, Dallas, we'll start with you on this one. Um, mine was pretty simple. Uh, I went through a hard part of life right before I met Vanessa. Um, you know, I I had a drinking issue, and that was that was number one. Um, you know, immediately after I found out, I was going to AA twice a week, um, and I stopped cold turkey for over a year. Yeah. And, you know, I think that was the biggest thing. I was like, I'm not going to raise my kid around that, or am I going to be that person in their life? And, sure. You know, that that was the big one for me. Everything else, once I did that, kind of just fell into place. Cool. Chris, what about you? Honestly, off the top of my head, I can't really think of anything. I mean, as the few weeks unfolded, it was more or less letting the excitement 
enjoy that everyone was bringing to us once we kind of found out and telling like, mm. our close friends and people. I remember yeah. telling you, you were getting ready to propose to Connor, and I'm like, I don't want to ruin your happy moment. And <laughs> I'm like, by the way, but yeah, I mean, at at that point in time in our life, I think I, or really the only thing that was going on between both of us was we were getting ready to move again. And so our biggest concern was making sure our house was sold and the house we're currently in could be renovated before Dominic got here. But it was really, I guess you could say Maddie really stepped up and kind of took control of a lot of this like she usually does. She's like a camp counselor, it seems like. Every time we do something, she's like, boom, 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 it's across. Yeah. So, and... We definitely it, know who wears the pants in that relationship. You know what? She brings home the bacon, too, and I can't Yeah, complain. that's true. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you bring home the bits, she brings home the bacon. <laughs> uh, yeah, Tic Tacs, you mean. But, uh, so, <laughs> we... And, and like... Having the support cast around us was actually really nice too, and it kind of yeah. helped us settle in, like knowing, all right, we're not going to be alone through this. And didn't really have any besides our house. It was really our biggest concern was just how are we going to make things work for when he arrives? I guess. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you completely gutted your house, and like that's a huge change to make. Gutting the house. And trying to get it all ready for for him, and you—I mean, you and your dad did a beautiful job, obviously. But that's so far, a, so good. It was a large task, to say the least. Yeah. So, I. This is a question I don't think that many fathers get the opportunity to to answer, and I'm interested to hear, um, your your perspectives on this. So we we kind of hear about when a mother gives birth, what that experience is like, that's a very like romanticized experience. And, and we see that in movies and TV <laughs> and whatever. And yeah, there, Dallas is already shaking his head. Like, Oh Jesus. Don't look down. Don't look down. <laughs> <laughs> so I want to hear from you guys. And I guess Chris, since you had the insightful moment there, we're going to start with you. What was the actual, like, uh, like the childbirth process, like starting from like when you go to the hospital, to you know when oh geez when they come out so he was early um we had to go in because maddie's blood pressure wasn't very good it wasn't very stable and we got in there monday night around 10 p.m and we didn't end up leaving until friday he was born wednesday at like i think eight o'clock or seven thirty. it was somewhere around there yeah i can't remember. it was all a blur but she was in a lot of pain they had to induce it so for about two and a half days, three days, I was up, you know, constantly getting her stuff and making sure she was comfortable. Doctors are in and out. And it wasn't until, yeah, it was about probably 3.30 on Wednesday when they actually said, all right, you're dilated, you're going into active labor. And for four yeah. hours, I'm on one side of her holding her leg and just trying to keep her calm and just to understand, like, you're going to get through this. We're going to make it. We're going to do this. And you, you almost feel bad in a sense because there's nothing really you can do. Like, yeah. yeah, you can hand her water, but yeah, you can put cold water on her face. But in all reality, you don't understand what she's going through. And she had two epidurals and they both weren't working because she had a back fracture when she was young. And ah. so she kind of went through this thing with just whatever with the morphine that was working that helped it out and she pushed for geez four hours and then 
I guess the biggest thing about the whole entire situation was I've seen the miracle of birth about a hundred times being a health teacher. So I know what a kid looks like when they <laughs> flop out. It's like an alien blue lifeless. It's like you, well, she didn't know. And her biggest concern was since he was, <laughs> so he was uh, kind of stuck there for about three full contractions. So he was super stunned. And when he came out, he wasn't, red like most you said romanticized they tell you about it and like you see these babies are red they're crying when they come out yeah, well it's not yeah. what it is they're blue they have yet to breathe the blood isn't flowing they're in shock so about for a full minute he was not making any noise oh no. and it's between me telling her this is okay this is fine he's going to be fine and her freaking out in the bed because she can't see him. Right. It was, I guess, more traumatizing for her than it was for me. And the one she, they held him up and he was red. I'm like, okay, he's breathing. He's just not crying. And then he found his lungs and it was like a weight lifted off her yeah. and me too. Because we're like, okay, he's good. I mean, I've never seen peds rush in so fast. But, I mean, it felt like everyone, my wife's like lower half was for the world to see with the amount of doctors that were in there. But... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just the experience as a whole was, I guess, very, you never know what it's like until you see it, I guess. Right. So. <laughs> yeah, Dallas, <laughs> you know, what do you, what do you, uh, what do you have to add? What was your experience like? With oh man, we, we went in December 31st at night or yeah, we went in right before New Year's, and I was had fingers crossed, and this is going to sound totally wrong when I say it, that Frankie was going to be born before January 1st, so we got the tax break. Um, <laughs> hey, uh-oh. no shame in that. Oh, no. That's <laughs> how it goes. We went in, we got induced, and, you know, it's like Chris said, we went into the hospital room, and... You know, there was a couch, and just so I can put this in perspective, I'm 6'4", 300 pounds. I'm not a small person. Uh, <laughs> I didn't fit on the couch. They had a reclining chair, and, you know, they they break her water, and I'm sitting there with her, and she's doing great. Um, we had about a 24-hour span where she was doing great. Um, then the contractions hit, and, you know, she dealt with that, and she's tough. She dealt with that for about, I want to say six to eight hours of just dealing with the contractions. Yeah. And then finally, you know, she gets the epidural. And for me, watching the epidural, the worst part was the spinal tap. Because they have to mm-hmm. fine. Yeah, that's and crazy. That hurt. Like, I could tell that hurt worse than the epidural itself. And she got that, and she slept for you know, six to eight hours. And mm. this is about the only break in the whole thing. I was like, all right, well, I'm going to watch Cobra Kai. And I, that's sleep. <laughs> it's exactly i sat there and when she woke up um you know she also had to get a second epidural they had to come in and crank that back up and then it was go time and it was you know three or four hours of her pushing and dealing with the contractions and chris is not wrong they come out blue they're not really moving or saying a whole lot uh I just remember the nurse being like, I was trying not to go down and look. I'm just standing to the side, like, all right, nope. Then the nurse just goes, come here, and pulls me, and I'm like, oh, God, here we go. They asked if we wanted to touch it, and I'm like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Nope. <laughs> yeah. I was like, nope. And I get down, and I'm like, oh, my God, she's got hair. And 
you know, then Frankie came out and that, that was it. But the moment itself was so surreal. It was almost as if time was moving slower than what it was. Everything's amplified, you know, your sight, your sound, your sense Your adrenaline is, yeah, yeah. yeah. Everything in slow motion. And, you know, I didn't really say a whole lot. I just, you got this, babe. You stood there like this. No, I was more like, <laughs> all right, like standing there going. And then once it's done, it's done. And, yeah. you know, then she got Frankie up to her and, you know, we got her breastfeeding and, and they both was, went to sleep. Was there a pause? Like Chris was saying, it took Dominic about a minute to sort of come to life a little bit. Was there a pause like that? Um, probably about 20 to 30 seconds. Uh, yeah, but that I mean, had to like, have been it, the longest minute or 20 and 30 seconds ever <laughs> waiting it, for that. It's nerve wracking. Like, you know, Frankie's head and shoulders got there and, you know, not to be overly graphic. They're just like, <laughs> and pulled yeah, they, out. And yeah. like, oh my God. And then it's straight. Yeah. It's straight just over. right to the chest. And you're yeah. like, oh, it's like flopping on you. It's all. Uh, yeah. And, you know, I'm thinking I need to be in a, a gown or something. And I'm in gym shorts and a, in a tank top yep. with a ball cap on going, okay, this just yeah. happened. Um, but yeah, it was, it was surreal. So yes or no question for both of you. Um, did you cut the umbilical cord? Because that's yeah. like a traditionally father thing to do. Yeah, I did. Good. Yeah. Good. I'm glad to hear that. I, went, I didn't uh, know if that was like uh, like folklore or if that actually happens. No, it happens. <laughs> cool. Then they asked yeah. if you want to save it, and my answer was no. <laughs> so you can, no. yeah, you can put it in the baby book or whatever that people yeah. do with it. Uh, or they they ask if you want to eat the ep- or the. The amniotic sac. That was another disgusting <laughs> one that they asked. I'm like, yeah. ah, I'm good. I'm going to pass. Like, that's, Hell, dude, I'm okay. So many nutrients in there. <laughs> Make sure you get that next one. Save it. <laughs> Grill it well, they up. put it in like a little capsule and then you eat it. Like, you're supposed to like, dissolve oh, that's it. Kind of Still, weird, but... <laughs> wait till you see it. Wait till you see it. And then you're going to be like, mm, I'm going to pass. I'm, I'm good. I don't need to know. Actually, I just ate. I'm okay. <laughs> hey, no, the good part about the whole process is she, want, she wanted food five and i was like no i'm good with two and you know after the first one she's like okay i'm only doing this one more time i'm like as soon as you're done with that i'm getting a vasectomy and we're done there you go (laughs) i I literally said i'm gonna go to the other room as soon as i know he or she is healthy and she goes well if it's c-section i'm getting that done i said you do you i was like either way You, we agreed we're done at two, and it is what it is. Because she wanted six. She wanted a big old family. I'm like, uh-uh. Again, it's like this romanticized vision of, of uh-uh. what this well, well, pregnancy and childbirth is like. Some people have a good one. Maddie has two friends. One pushed for 30 minutes and didn't feel a thing. The other one, uh. the epidural was too strong, and her legs were just dead. And she's uh. like, everything below, the baby kind of just came out. <laughs> so some people have good experiences, and they just enjoy yeah, yeah. it, I guess. But uh-uh, Maddie... No. Nope. Uh-uh. Not for us. It's a pretty us. traumatic thing for their bodies to go through. I mean, I w- oh, obviously yeah. have no idea the extent of, of that, but just knowing what it does to the body is... Dude. Yeah, and Ness, Ness had an internal bleed that we didn't know about for the first uh, two hours after she gave birth, and then, you know, I went to help her up to go to the bathroom, and it was just all of a sudden a pool of blood. I mean, oh, she, uh, she lost a third of her blood during it, and, yeah, you know, that was... That was a scary point. Oh, yeah. That was just 
you know, I think the whole experience for both of us was like, no, we're doing one more and that, that is it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. So, um, how, so the baby is born. You're both of your children have been born. How are the first few weeks, months, you guys are like Dallas. You're over a year now, Chris, you're coming on a year. Um, Chris, we'll start with you. How is, how has it been since? And what was it like, you know, like I said, like weeks, months, and then almost well, a year on the first few weeks, he was actually jaundice and he wasn't actually pooping. So he wasn't eating and to get rid of the Billy Rubin, you got to poop. And if you don't eat, you don't poop. And it was just kind of, we were in and out of the hospital actually for the first week after he was born between her and him, both just complications they were having. But yeah, Maddie chose actually to breastfeed. So it kind of limited what I could really do for her. Like I couldn't really get up at night with her. I could sit with her, which I would. I'd wake up and I'd talk with her just so. But once she kind of, he's a weak suckler. He didn't really care for breastfeeding. He liked the bottle and just poured it in my mouth. And he's not like his daddy then, you know what I'm uh-uh, saying? <laughs> ain't like his daddy. <laughs> I'm like looking at him. I go, buddy, you have these beautiful things in front of you. And you say no. But I'm like. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. So, yes. Like once he kind of went to bottle feeding, that was like the then I like helped out. I was able to put him down and like Dallas said for the first few months like they, you know, they wake up, they want to eat, but at like 3 4 months he starts sleeping through the night and we're like something's wrong. Like and we tell people <laughs> and they're like why? Like that's so nice. Like that's great and we're like yeah. this can't be right. Fourth month hit, sleep regression and it was like middle finger for 2 months, like up in the middle of the night. He did napping. He maybe gave us a good like six hour. So we would go to bed when he went to bed at seven and just sleep until he got up. At least we had six hours of sleep. And then we started sleep training. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands. And are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co which kind of helped probably at month six. And we kind of just said, you know what, you'll fall back asleep. We took away the bottle for sleeping. And since then, he's actually been giving us 10, 11 hours, which has been nice. nice. So it's been helping a lot there. But as they grow, you start to see like, I mean, they're humans when they come out as babies and stuff, but like the interactions become so much better. Right. You can laugh with them, play with them, roll with them. They smile. They'll react yeah. to how you're reacting. They'll f- scare. They scare easily, <laughs> and that's when it started getting fun. Was like six, seven, and even now, like he always wants to be with you. He sees you. He smiles. He's yeah. picking things up and throwing things. Like <laughs> you're starting to see a personality develop. As Dallas talked about with Frankie, taking, like taking drinks and slamming them on the ground. Exactly. <laughs> like he's just throwing silverware and. But, like, you start to see that personality develop. And as Dallas was saying, she's got, like, that, like, stubborn attitude. It's kind of like the guys are going to be afraid of her. Like, I'm almost waiting for that to kind of come out in Dominic, how stubborn Maddie and I can be, like, the Italian in me. But he's still, like, just super mellow, laid back, just likes to be around people. And I can say these past three months have been really exciting because you start to see the development more of your child. Yeah. Cool. So it's what you're saying is it's gotten better. Like the first yes. few weeks, months were kind of like there's no real personality shining through, but it's really it started to get a little more real and just better. Exactly. Exactly. 
Dallas, what do we? What do you think? How are the first few weeks, months, and now um, a year? Well, enjoy Chris while it lasts. Uh, <laughs> I, I'm also part Italian, so in, enjoy while it lasts, bud. Um, Frankie was a quick mover. Um, we got her. The first couple nights were rough, like really, really rough, and we went. You know, she was pumping. That way we could take turns. Um, she'd get up and pump in the first few weeks. And then, you know, I still remember this. We're a month in, and just she wouldn't take a bottle. She wouldn't, she wouldn't latch on. And I just, you know, after I was working 16-hour days at the time, you know, I, I'd had enough. I went and made a bottle of formula and said, enough's enough. Here you go. And gave her the bottle. She slept the whole night through. Um, we started doing the bottles after that, and she slept great. But she, you know, she started crawling and having personality. She was trying to crawl at two months. Yeah. Um, that personality of hers was out real quick. Um, yeah. I think she was crawling. She was crawling by month four or five, and she was walking by months six and seven. Um, you know, ergo or nickname, tiny terrorist. Yeah. But that, yeah, there's nothing that really stands out more than just that, just that initial getting through the first bit of bottle feeding and getting through the first couple months where like sleep, sleep is non-existent. Yeah. Um, So I know exactly what Chris is saying. Like, as soon as you go to bed, you get them to bed, you're going to sleep. Right. You, you don't wait. There is no more time. Um, you just deal with it. But, uh, does, do you ever, do you guys either feel like, you know, your bodies adapt to this lack of sleep? Because you, I mean, you both were pretty well used to getting seven to nine hours of sleep or more in some cases. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously that's dropping dramatically down. Did you ever feel like your body's like, okay, well, I guess we're getting a, a happy 30 minutes. <laughs> No, you get used to it. Like that's that was the scary part is you get used to it and you find time when to like be able to take a nap. Like I love nothing more than getting in the recliner. I'd get her right here, and as soon as she go to sleep, I'd get the neck pillow and I'd just be you're out. Yeah, you know, done. <laughs> the dad nap. Yeah, the dad done. Nap. <laughs> and if you got an hour, you were thankful. Yeah. Uh, he, he Dominic's not much of a cuddler, so we couldn't really get him to fall asleep on us. We'd have to either mm. put him down in hopes he would just keep continue to sleep, or we'd yeah. put him down, leave the room, and and that's what kind of sucks. Like Maddie wishes he was completely different. She loves cuddles. She loves. She wants. Yeah, him. she wants him to be like a little teddy bear. <laughs> and he, like sometimes she'd bring him into bed with us at like five in the morning, hopefully to get an extra half hour, and he's just up like smacking her face. And just, nope. <laughs> we'll get out of bed. We're like we're done. Like. We we gave up on that like month four. We're like we're not. Yeah. He's up. We'll get we'll get him up. It is what it is, and we'll deal with it. Gotcha. Yeah, I've always wondered about that because that's what everybody. You get the thousand yard stare as a father. You get whether you're just like dead tired, and then all of a sudden you're asleep mm-hmm. in the recliner. <laughs> there, there's truth to that, man. Yeah, yeah. My brother. There's a picture of my brother with. He's got his his daughter in his hand and he's just like sitting there with like a dead stare on his face. <laughs> what did I get myself into? Yeah. Yeah. You'll much. be sitting there and you get comfortable for a minute and then all of a sudden you're just, 
Yeah, done. The worst is when you jolt and the kid's in your arms. Like, oh, crap, you almost yeah, threw right. a kid. <laughs> You've never done that, I'm sure, right, Chris? You've never thrown your child. <laughs> he, I, like I said, he doesn't... Oh, I've, I've thrown him on the bed, that's about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Light toss, oh. like, eh. So that's a good segue into my next question. Um, Dallas, we'll start with you. How has life changed since becoming a father? Um, man, it, it just doesn't stop. So we've got, you know, three dogs, a chinchilla, a baby, chickens. <laughs> One you know, less I, chicken now. <laughs> <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> Sacrificial chicken. Sacrifice to the gods for your wedding. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, man, it just, it doesn't stop. Um, you know, I mean, it you really just get into a routine with it. So I work Monday through Friday. I'm there between seven and seven thirty every morning, get home between five thirty and six at night. And then days that aren't gym days, it's hanging out with Frankie and cooking dinner. And then, you know, it's, Hey, get her fed, get her ready for bed. And then you just wake up and do the same thing the next day. Yeah. Um, you know, it, you just get into a solid routine with things. And, you know, I guess the biggest change is just, uh, you don't have time for anything else. Like That's finding... what I was going to say, does your, has your, like, uh, has your guys' social life together or individually su- suffered because oh, it's non-existent. Like we, we tried, <laughs> we try to give ourselves like maybe once a month where we get a date night and we go to dinner or we go see a movie or go do something together. And that's been, we didn't do that at first. And then probably around month six, I was just like, no, screw this. Like we have to have time for ourselves. Um, you know, now we, we get to go to the gym four days a week for an hour. Like that's been hugely beneficial. Yeah. And, uh, you know, once, once a month or every couple weeks trying to just get a date night, even if it's for a couple hours to go get dinner. Yeah. I'm um, like, that's, that's what we do. And then the rest of the time is just given to, you know, Frankie and then our jobs and all of our responsibilities with animals, which if anybody wants some dogs, I know a couple that can go. Uh, has that, that changed? So like with the, with the social life and, and whatnot, obviously having your daughter and your family is a huge blessing and very important and all and everything. But like, have, have you personally missed your social life? Cause you had, I mean, you had a lot of independence. You, you know, had a lot of friends, you did a lot of, you did road trips, all these things. And a lot of that stuff is sort of dissipated a little bit. Do you, do you miss that stuff? Do you feel like it's kind of in the past or do you feel like no, I make it work somehow? I struggled with that probably for the first six months, just like needing, like I'm very much an introvert. So like I need time to myself just to go do something by myself. Yeah. Um, I struggled with that. Like, I still have days that I struggle with it. But, uh, you know, I guess the difference is, like, if I get to go play rugby in the season, you know, um, know, I used to go to the socials and pound 20 beers and have some Jack Daniels and not give a shit and just enjoy. Um, Now it's like, okay, get done, have a few Guinness, go see the guys at the social. Then it's like, all right, I'm out. I'm going to go hang out with my kid. Right. But. You know, like I said earlier, you learn to adapt, you get used to it. And the more you start thinking about it, it just find ways to make it work. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Chris, I know we rabbit hold a little bit there. 
the original question was how has life changed since becoming a father? Um, and then some of those follow-ups I'm sure we'll get to as well, but we'll start yeah. with there. Um, well, I mean, as Dallas said, you kind of get into this schedule, this routine. And for the first few months, that's all we focused on. Like we did, we had family, our family lives nearby 10 and 20 minutes away. So we were still able to see our family. Which is and really helpful. Exactly. And Dominic was born in May and that was beginning of boat season. And we, the year before Dominic was born, we spent a whole bunch of time on the lake, hanging out with people, always had people out and just doing stuff. And it significantly dropped to maybe once a week, once every other week. But having neighbors being really close with them, right? we were able to kind of keep somewhat of a small social life, just set the monitor up, go over to their house, have a drink, talk, and then go back home. We were in walking distance of where Dominic was. Sure. And having, like I've mentioned it before, but having grandparents who are nearby, like I've been able to drive up and come see you or like... Go do things with Maddie or with friends and with our friends understanding that having a kid, we're kind of like the first one in our friends group to like have a kid out of, so they would come over, understand it's only a couple hours, they can hang around and they got to leave or, and we actually have to understand that like the schedule is going to change and not certain. (laughs) Exactly. And like there'll be times we'll just get a babysitter just so her and I could just go out in the boat together and just, and the moms would stay back and it was great just to have some us time. And as Dallas mentioned, pets, like my dogs have a personality up the ass. Like I have one who's a little bitch and the other one who's a doofus. And you can tell they have been super neglected and they are giving us the stink eye. And so even like incorporating them into like our daily routine of trying to like at least take them for a walk or take now our canals frozen over. So we take them out. But after I'm going to say after a few months, we actually started incorporating Dominic into our lifestyle. So we would take him to restaurants if we wanted to go out and just understand if we got to up and go, Hey, can we get our check? We'll leave or we'll base it around. All right. He napped till this time or he's going to nap till we kind of planned everything around his naps mostly. And that was the easiest thing. Once we avoided naps and he got a good amount of sleep, we were good. And incorporating him into our lifestyle has helped out a lot. At least letting us have a little bit of freedom and, People have been great when he comes with us and we kind of just hand him off and people love him or we'll find a sitter and just go do our own thing. So it I was a big kind of wondered about that. Like when you when you started to get like there was a period of time, especially when he was first born for the first month or two or three, where it was very much like establishing routine. Yep. And then uh, after that, it seemed like it was a lot easier to a, like get a hold of you and see you guys. Because yeah. it was easier to bring him along or, you know, or whatever, incorporate him into these activities. And I feel I feel like I don't know when there's an age where you're like you, you can start doing this stuff. Because I remember when I was a kid, my parents took us everywhere. We still went yep. on camping trips. We still went on the boat. We still did all this stuff. But yeah. I don't know. I mean, I don't I guess. Kid. I don't know if there's a cutoff point where it's like, OK, we can start doing this at blank time well i guess it's how comfortable you feel i have a couple buddies who i played football with and their kids went to grand valley games at two months old like loud stadiums maddie has a friend whose baby was two months old and went to uh u of m game sure i mean it's really what you're opening what you're open to bring your kid to maddie was a little protective 
I well, was one. COVID like, too. Yeah, she was. Well, I remember she we was, we honestly weren't too afraid about COVID, more or less RSV and stuff. I mean, as of right yeah. now, he has COVID and he's acting like a cold. But she was more or less like the mommy figure. I want to be there for him. At seven weeks, she actually went to St. Louis and left me alone for three nights. I thought I killed the kid. I'm like, uh, I, 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 I'm not good. We had like tornado warnings. I had thunderstorms. I have a dog who's afraid of loud noises. And it was just a giant, just like, oh my God. And once I got through that, I was like, if I can get through that, I can get through anything. Sure. Yeah. But it, that was probably a big like moment for you to get through like a oh, three day weekend. Just you and him. As soon as she got back, I put him in her arms and I said, I'm going to bed. <laughs> but like, it was. It's it's I guess it's how comfortable you feel and what you want to like bring your kid around and expose your kid to and Maddie was very hesitant about a lot of things and once she kind of realized kids are resilient, they learn to adapt quicker than we do and they are formulating so many things in their brain that we don't even see, like just to pick up something it's like a million equations and they don't know we don't know. So once we kind of figure it out, it is what it is. He's going to adapt. He's going to learn just like we're going to adapt and we're going to learn. We kind of just said, let's live our life. And it's right. actually helped out quite a bit. Yeah. I, him into that. yeah. I totally agree with that. I think we were a month, month and a half in. And then we just said, you know what? She's going with us wherever we got to go and we're going to get her used to it. I mean, we had Frankie out at the rugby pitch when she was only three months old. Two yeah, I remember old. that. Yeah. You know, it's just... I, I couldn't agree with that more. It's what you're comfortable with. Yeah. We didn't, you know, it's interesting. You said incorporating her into her life, your guys' lifestyle, Chris, that's, we did the same thing and tried to do it as quick as possible to get her acclimated to it. Yeah. Um, because that way it didn't, I don't want to say bog us down, but it didn't leave us with such a stringent, strict routine. That, and it helps your mental, like, stability oh, yeah. too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, the more when you guys do that stuff that you enjoy, especially as a family, incorporating them into that becomes sort of like a routine in of itself. It's like, okay, mm-hmm. we're we're going to the rugby field. Like, look, we got to load up. We got to and and the things that come with that. I remember very ritualistic things like going camping and and whatever we you know we would do as kids. Mm-hmm. It was always that ritualistic thing. Like, okay, dad's coming home from work on Friday at five, and we're leaving for Florida, and we're gonna drive through the night. We just knew. That's yep. how it was going to go, and it w- that's just how life was, you know? So kids and people in general are incredibly adaptable, and getting your children out to do that has probably been beneficial for both of you. Yeah, <laughs> I would say de- sure. de- definitely beneficial for both of you. <laughs> so, all right, interesting question. I know both of your fathers. Uh, Chris, you've got Mario, and Dallas, you've got Steve. They're they're both very interesting gentlemen, very very good dudes. Um, glad to know them. What lessons from when you were a kid did you not really understand until you've now had a child? You know, one thing I actually tell my students this: um, things that adults do, including like father figures and mothers and stuff. They're not there because they're mad at you. Like, for example, you're not able to go and do something with your friends. And one thing, you you, you pout, you get angry, or you don't get this toy. But in all reality, they're doing these things as they care about you. And that was something I never really realized. I mean, I, I still have a healthy fear for my dad. 
I mean, I get, I, I get I so beat them up. I mean, uh, yeah, I but do too. <laughs> it, like that and being fearful of him when I was a kid, like it wasn't like I was more scared of, am I going to disappoint my father? What yeah. am I doing? And he held us to like these standards of like, we couldn't get low grades. We went to work out every day, do all these things. And I thought he just hated me because I was just overweight or something. Like I couldn't mm. figure it out. And like looking back upon it, everything that he did for us was something that he just didn't want us to endure. He was single mom, five brothers, two bedroom household, one bathroom. And his philosophy was, I want my kids to live a better life than I ever did. Yeah. And that's something that in my mind, I want to do for Dominic. I mean, that you see that famous meme that's out there where it's a man standing next to his son and it's sticky notes and it's the dad is completely almost taken away, but the son's got like a couple holes left of sticky notes and it's right. passing on what you've learned and for your son so that he can incorporate that into his life. And I feel like my dad did a really good job of raising me with morals and values and understanding of right and wrong to where I'm hoping I can just take just a little bit of what he did for us and help Dominic along the way with that. Yeah, absolutely. Love it. Dallas, what about you? What do you think? Um, I never understood the sacrifices. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I think for me, looking back on that, you know, again, I'm the oldest of five. I joke with people that your firstborn is the experiment child because you don't know what you're doing. Yep. And you you learn through that first kid. And, uh, you know, I remember times not being there for games. I remember times that he, he wasn't there when something was important to me. And I never understood, you know, why. And then I look at it now and it's, well, you know, he wasn't there because he was making sure that we were taken care of or provided yeah. for. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I didn't understand that. And I look at that now and I'm like, I wish he would have just explained it better. Yeah. Um, but I, I totally get it. Like there's got to make sure that there's food on the table. You got to make sure that your right. had bills are paid. And, uh, you know, I think looking at having, kid uh, taking just more time to just explain why certain things are the way that they are yeah so that they understand that um and you know very thankful for my dad but that's that's something that you just don't realize until you're in that situation yourself yeah Mm -hmm. absolutely especially i know dallas you specifically had a very interesting relationship with your dad growing up. I know you guys are very close, but you've obviously butted heads <laughs> over some pretty significant things, <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> um, so I was really interested to hear your answer about that because I like I know your I know your history with him and Mario. Man, Mario is a whole different beast. I know, I know he ruled his house with a <laughs> with an with iron an fist. iron. Yeah. iron slap, Don't touch like Mario's. It fucking leftovers i still i'll never forget that i hope he like somehow will listen to this and i hope he knows that that made a lasting impression on me (laughs) can't touch his food it could go in the fridge (laughs) but like dallas dallas really hit the nail on the head there like sacrifice is something crazy to think about like my dad works more than he ever does now owning his own company and he didn't really do that till later in our life but yeah you can always 
I could always count on him being at our games, which was kind of nice. Even when we traveled in college, like, mm-hmm. he called me. Like, he couldn't make the California one because he just couldn't afford it. And I'm like, right. I completely understand. Like, yeah. And at that point, I was a fifth-year senior, fifth senior in college, so I started to understand everything that he would do. And yeah. that's when it really clicked. Like, you know, like, he does everything he possibly can to be there for all of us. And it, it showed in his... It, Technically, it's a stepdad, but we called him grandpa. But it's, mm-hmm. my grandpa was the same way as my dad was for me. He didn't want to miss a thing. And if he did, yeah. like he'd call me before and like say, hey, you got to understand. And it was nice to understand that he was willing to be open with us. And yeah. like I couldn't imagine, like as Dallas was saying, like you never understood the underlying sacrifices that your father would make to be there. And now he looks, Dallas say he looks back at it and understands it but as a kid you're like where the hell's my dad right i want to look up in the stands and see my dad and i'm just angry that he's not here exactly and it's almost it didn't help in that aspect so i feel like being as dow said being open and at least explaining here's why things happen and right you know what there's consequences to everything you do in life whether good or bad and just being really transparent with your child i think is going to help a lot with things sure yeah yeah, that's awesome. I love that insight because I think it's one thing for us as, especially as men, as we get older, we start to really understand some of the decisions, especially that our our own fathers make, uh, our our mothers too, obviously. But we start to understand these decisions that they made and get a little bit more insight as to why. And as we as we get a little bit maybe better connection with them as we grow, all these things become more clear. And then when you have your own children like you guys have, as especially as they grow, I'm sure there's going to be something that hits you in like five years and you're going to be like, holy shit, that's what my dad was talking about. And mm-hmm. I never understood it until now. Um, which that light bulb. Yeah, like that's that, that'll be a cool moment. And I hope that you guys can share that with, with your dads at that point. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I love it. I, I was hoping for good answers from that question and we got it. So uh, next question. This, uh, I'm interested to hear what your responses are to this, but what are you, what are you guys looking forward to most as they grow up? And I know it's, it feels like a long ways away there. It's far away that they're going to be grown up and it's not though. It it, flies by. Yeah, it flies by. So Dallas, why don't you start us off on that? (laughs) Um, it's going to sound so crazy. Um, I'm actually really looking forward to the day that she's got the balls to bring a boy home. Mm, I was just yeah. thinking you were about to say that. <laughs> um, Especially because she'll be, she'll be old enough to know you very well at that point. Oh, so, yeah. Like, if she brings a guy home, chances are he's probably going to be, he's probably going to be okay. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm I, looking forward to that, and not because, you know, I, I, it's funny for me to think, like, oh, I'm going to mess, I'm going to mess with them, or I'm going to intimidate them, like, that's not, that's not the reality. Like, I look at that. You like, might mess with oh, them a little bit, though. <laughs> uh, you, you have to. But not, not to the degree that it's funny to think about, but... <laughs> you know, I, I look forward to that, like, when she can finally... And she meets somebody that she thinks is worthy enough to be bringing them around like that. Like I get it. She's going to have, you know, she's going to have her heart broken a couple of times. She's going to, she's going to experience some things. She's going to go through some stuff. That's part yeah. of life, but looking yeah. forward to like, Hey, 
you know, I want you to actually come spend time and meet my family. And, you know, seeing, seeing that, like, I, I look forward to that. Would you, would you think that the guy that maybe like, maybe not like the first guy she brings home or like whatever the guys, maybe she brings home to meet you. Do you feel like that's going to be a reflection on you and how you've raised her? Or do you think it's yeah. going to be unrelated completely? No, I think that'll be a reflection of how she's raised and what she understands. Um, you know, granted, I know she's going to fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> you never did that. Did you? Dallas? No. <laughs> I, I know. Like, I'm not talking about the boyfriend in high school or the boyfriend in college. Like, you know, when she's a strong young woman doing her thing and she brings somebody home, that's, important like that to me will be a moment that i look forward to um and you know she'll she'll know i'll know um you know like my little sister you know she never brought boys around but mm. she knew that she had crazy older brothers and a scary dad that would just oh my god not yeah not think twice um but i i look forward to that and then i think the other moment that i really look forward to is uh you know, I, I want to see what she does with athletics in school. She's got some great genetics when it comes to that. And I, I'm anxious to see what, what sport she picks or what, what mm. her passions become. Yeah. 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 And those, those things get yeah. me excited. Um, you know, I watched her tackle, she has a giant teddy bear and she tackled the teddy bear and rocked <laughs> over the top and like perfect, <laughs> a perfect scrummy stance to throw the ball out. And I'm like, that is just genetic. And then yeah. she has these little, um, like from a ball pit, we bought her some, and she was dribbling that with her feet the other day. And I'm going, yeah. you're one, you're not supposed to be able to do this. Yeah. It'll be really interesting. That's, like, that's, a, those, I never really thought about that. That's a those good are things that I look forward to and seeing what her passions with school become because her mom's smart. Like I, you know, I, I tell people I'm stupid, but I have I have things that I'm very intelligent with and passionate about. And I just you have to tell me about those someday. <laughs> <laughs> well, I can talk about very high level, uh, but seeing those things, you know, and yeah. kind of who she picks to be her partner in life, like I, I look forward to that. Yeah, that's a, that's a great answer. I love that, Chris. What about you? Well, I can honestly say. I can't have anything like that because, you know, Dominic, who knows who he brings home. But it, it's more or less like, uh, I, I guess it's, as Dallas already said it, it's just what is he going to develop to love in life? Um, I was sports all my life. Maddie yeah. was sports all her life. And I, I keep telling Maddie, I could care less if he plays football, rugby. I go, if he wanted to play golf or do something completely different. It doesn't bother me. He's going to end up I, being like a sculptor. And I'm like crossing my fingers. He's not in band. That's the only thing I don't care about. Let's play an instrument. Go for it. There's no way to help say they're an orchestra, but um, like it, you're going to do it because you love him. Damn it. Exactly. Like uh, one of our fears is he's not going to love the water. And we put him in the bathtub and he just floats. Like he enjoys so much of it. And it's, you don't know what they're going to enjoy. We have a neighbor across the, across the way whose son is a hermit. He hates going outside. I'm like, you live on a lake. Your dad's got a boat. Why do you hate going out in the boat and tubing? But yeah, it's, you, you don't, I'm just excited to see what kind of man he grows into. Is he going to grow into wonder? I'm going to have to be concerned about his whereabouts when he's 16 yeah. years old and driving home. Is he going to be someone who's got a relationship with 
me and Maddie or my dad or her dad or something to where he feels comfortable to be around us and enjoys. I mean, I can say now being 29 years old, I love hanging out with my parents. I mean, I have a grand old time with my parents, my uncle and my aunt and never thought I would ever say that knowing how I was growing up, but it's, we don't really, we don't care in the direction that he goes of as long as it's a good head on his shoulders with the right values and morals. I'm just excited to see him develop as a child, as a young adult. I mean, I, I kind of told Maddie, I hope he goes through a fugly stage in middle school like I did, just so I don't kind of worry about crap. And, like, just let it be. I mean, I didn't break out of my shell until sophomore year of college, actually, when I started dating yeah. Maddie. Yeah. And after that, I could talk to anybody. I didn't care because it's like, what do yeah. I have to do to impress? I don't have to worry you about anything. You were a late bloomer. And I can tell you... High school, didn't talk to anybody. I was known. It sounded like I had a bit of an ego, but I was just so shy. I just didn't want to talk to anybody. Nothing to talk about. And it came across as nothing to say to you. You're a dick. Like you're, you got an ego. You think you're better than everybody. And I was like, man, I just don't know what to say. Like I'm just, I'm sorry. Yeah. I have horrible conversation skills. High school is shitty anyway. You know, it's it it is, and I (laughs) I still look back as if I had the mind I had now in high school, how would my life be? I'd be so fucked. But like looking back, and as like Dallas said too, like Maddie's a smart one. They say those you can't do teach, and those you can't teach teach (laughs) PE, and that's me. Like I'm a PE teacher over here, and just hoping he gets his love from books and like that kind of like aspect from Maddie, and just enjoys school way more than i did because i was more hands-on like plumbing labor that kind of stuff i really didn't start enjoying school until college well i think you both don't give yourselves enough credit for how smart you are however my next question is going to test your intelligence and knowledge your knowledge of history (laughs) uh this will be we're winding down this is about this is the last question pretty much so if you had a child and bones actually asked this question when we were talking about this episode idea he said, if you had a child in ancient Greece, would you have raised it in Athens or Sparta? And if you don't know the differences, I can give you a brief overview of the differences. But I, I'm thinking Dallas probably will know more than Chris will about this. But I, I'm, maybe I'm wrong. Uh, uh, Dallas, go first then. It, it, depends, <laughs> it depends on what I wanted to achieve. If I raised him in Athens, then you know Athens, Athens was known at the time for its great naval and strategy um but athens yeah, also, yeah but athens is also known for aristotle and plato and all of that and that's where some of the greatest minds of philosophy came from yeah you know they really opened up you know the perception of what could be um you know and then you jump over to sparta sparta was <laughs> all about you know being just dominant in everything you did so i mean for me that's a loaded question um, you're asking me, you're asking, if you had to pick though, I mean, if you had to pick one, well, where would you be? You got different things from each. If I had to pick one, I probably would have went with Sparta just because I'm, I'm partial to that. Um, yeah. but the Spartans taught a lot of great things. The Spartans yeah. were about loyalty. They were about respect. They weren't about, you know, bowing to anybody else. They, they wanted to, they wanted to be the best at what they did. And I mean, for all intended purposes through history, they were one of the best nations. Yeah, absolutely. If I had to pick, I would have done that because personally, um, being a student of that era, um, you know, I'm not a fan of, uh, 
Not a fan of Athens. There's a reason it got burnt. <laughs> Those damn philosophers. They did have a good navy. They did have a good navy, and their diplomacy was solid. So, Chris, what do you got? Honestly, I mean, at that point in time, knowing, I mean, if you would have said today, if I had to choose and, like, just go off of based off of smarts or that kind of deal, did I, did I lose you? Oh, no, nope, you're, we're good. you're, we got okay, you. Okay, sorry, it, like, went out on my end. Um. If it were today, I'd say more of an Athens-based. I mean, we all see these yeah. giants and just how far brains can get you. And today, you look at somebody wrong and they're crying. So it's like <laughs> you're already screwed if you're intimidating, right? Yeah. But it, ancient Greece, what would you say, Dallas? <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like I, I walk into class and my kids look at me like, oh, who the hell is this dude? Then I talk and my voice is like way too high for my body. And they're like... <laughs> Yeah, this guy's not bad. We can live. But uh, if it was back in ancient Greece times, it would be Sparta. I mean, that mindset of I'm going to do what I got to do to get things done and how it's going to be is how I want it to be is a good mindset to have. You see kids nowadays who give up after they get one question wrong on their math test and they have right. no grit, no resiliency, nothing of the sort. And yeah. being able to teach your child that like, you know what, you got to find a way if you want something that bad, it, it would be smart. It'd be a no brainer for me. Yeah. Hey, there's positives to both. I think Chris, you made a good point. Like in today's modern world, Athens being more diplomatic and mm -hmm. maybe a little more, uh, tactical in your interactions with people i mean athens was good at that but if you're just trying to kick some ass <laughs> well we know who you're gonna go with <laughs> to, be, to be fair athens did produce alexander the great so yeah, I, right. I also want to point that out athens did yeah. produce him but that was after their city got burned down i don't know how many times but it's it's a little bit of a loaded question i'll get i i just was curious i kind of figured i knew what the answer was gonna be but all right, well, that's my last question. I um, want to just say I appreciate you guys coming on and, and talking about this stuff. Like I said, this is not a topic that is highlighted uh, as much as maybe the motherhood, mother's perspective, and I think that this is valuable. We are men, and we have a voice, and we should share it and all that fun stuff. So thank you guys for joining. Dallas, thank you for being number two. Uh, Chris? Your first time. Thank you, sir. Really appreciate Hopefully it. I love you last. guys. Love you too, Corey. Um, Thank you for having us. I'm gonna I'm gonna leave you with a quote. I started off with a quote and I'm gonna leave you with a different quote. This is from Teddy Roosevelt. And he said, For unflagging interest and enjoyment, a household of children, if things go reasonably well, certainly makes all other forms of excess and achievement lose their importance by comparison. There's nothing like raising kids. And maybe I'll find that out someday. <laughs> you can have Dominic for a week and let me know. I can have Dominic, yeah. Anytime I want to take either of your kids. You can babysit Dominic and Frankie at the same time. Yeah, oh, we'll God. <laughs> Give Dominic about another month or two so we can catch up to Frankie right. moving, and then we'll be good. Yeah. All right, guys. Thanks a bunch. We'll see you around. Take care. Nice talking, gentlemen.
Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill.